Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everybody. This is Mark Lindheimer, and you're listening to Aging is Optional Radio. Here's the real mystery. How do adults like us, who maybe haven't taken the best care of ourselves throughout the years, but want to live long and healthy lives, How do we make changes to our lifestyle that will have a direct impact on our longevity so we can participate and enjoy our lives for much longer than we ever imagined? That's the burning question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Mark Lindheimer, and welcome to Aging is Optional Radio. Hello, everybody. I'd like to welcome my great friend, Tim Darnell, to Aging is Optional Radio. Welcome, Tim. Hey, how are you, Mark? I'm doing great, man. Uh, we've known each other since about 2011, by my count, and we've really become good friends over the years. Um, since I moved from te- California to Texas, we've actually become neighbors, and you know, we get to sit together in church most Sundays, which is really, really amazing. Um, I, I wanted to kind of preface this by telling a little bit about you, but I'll know you get to tell your story here. You've been uh, married to your beautiful wife, Kathy, for 34 years, and you have three grown children. Uh, You're a successful entrepreneur, author, singer, songwriter, and musician, uh, which is really impressive. And uh, you have a deep faith that guides your life. And um, in fact, your Facebook profile says faith, family, and fitness, which I think is really cool, (laughs) keeping it simple. Um, We're here really to talk about faith. And, um, you know, so welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much. I'm honored to be here and excited to be here as well. Well, I love it. I love it. I'm always intrigued by, you know, people who have created personal brands, either through effort or organically just created a brand just because they are who they are. And um, I'm interested in, you know, the journey that they travel as they get to where they are today. And, um, you know, so what I'd like to do is take a step back and ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, where you live, you know, some of the things that brought you here to today. Well, you bet. I, I would love to do that. And it, uh, it's interesting, my story, that's for sure. My dad is a Christian minister, Disciples of Christ minister. And so I grew up in that household. I was always at church. And I am so thankful for that. My mother was the keyboard player at church and led many of the choirs and uh, quite a singer herself. 
And I'll never forget, uh, dad was doing a wedding one time and it was dad and mom in the church and it was just a couple. It was no attendees at all, I don't think. Uh, maybe two or three, something like that. But uh, they said, we really need somebody to sing uh, special music at the church. And I was probably 12 or 13. And I looked around and, and went, who are you talking about? And uh, <laughs> sure enough, they were talking about me and, and they put me up on the lectern there, I guess you call it. And uh, I sang, my knees were shaking like crazy. My teeth were chattering and I was nervous and I was scared to death. And then they asked me to do a several more. And after a while, it got a little comfortable, actually. And I sort of got used to it. And I figured out what I did wrong the first time and how I could do that better. And uh, But I was always entrepreneurial. I remember uh, as a young kid loving to sell. I really enjoyed selling. And back in the those days, the 50s and early 60s, you could uh, get comic books. And you could uh, sign up to sell greeting cards. Uh, or Christmas cards, or any kind of cards like that door-to-door, and I just love doing that. I thought that was the greatest thing in the world, and I love making sales. Uh, I think I sold seeds, if I remember correctly. I don't remember what all, but uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I just loved the interaction, and I'm sure the neighbors felt sorry for the little kid going around the neighborhood, but uh, that was back when you could knock on somebody's door and not get shot. So <laughs> a little bit, a little bit more friendly atmosphere back then. That's amazing. So, Where'd uh, you just grow a lot up? Of fun, and I've always it. If Fayetteville, North Carolina, uh, next to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and I was actually born in Cisco, Texas. And a woman asked me this yesterday. She said, "Where were you born?" I said, "Cisco, Texas." And she said. I've never heard of that. I said, well, you've heard of the Cisco kid, haven't you? And that's me. (laughs) So uh, anyway, it's just a funny lifelong joke. But uh, anyway, Fayetteville's great. It's a a military town. And we had, dad was minister of the church there. And I grew up singing in the choir and and, uh, uh, faithfully attending church and youth groups and Sunday school all my life. And uh, that faith has, was rooted in me then and, and also through church camps and I really got convicted at several church camps uh, over the summer where you just really everything's goes away and you commune with nature and you, you study God's word, you're in prayer and you fall in love with your other campmates, the boy and girl, boys and girls that are in your group. And it was just great experiences. And I first met Jesus was in a camp called Camp Caroline in Arapahoe, North Carolina, uh, sort of near Newburn, North Carolina, and they're getting pummeled right now by the, the uh, mm-hmm. hurricane. But uh, anyway, just beautiful surroundings, and uh, I'll never forget those days. They're very impactful for me, Mark. That's beautiful. Um, you know, it's it's amazing to find and have that experience at such a young age. Um, w- what made you decide to have your faith guide your life? What was it that you know, about that experience that, that brought you to this, this path. Yeah. Well, one of my camps we went to, uh, we had what was called Vesper services and, and you had screened in bungalows. So you're right there in nature and we had a wonderful worship service, prayer time. And I remember my dad asking who in this group is going to commit their life to Christ. And I was the first one. I raised my hand. I said, I'm going to do it. And then we had a quiet time where we went out into the woods uh, by ourselves. And I went out there and I got on my knees and I, I prayed to Jesus. I said, I want you to come in my life and, and uh, I want to meet you. And boy, I tell you, I hadn't uttered those words or that thought prayer, whatever it was, uh, before I had seriously an incredible encounter 
with Jesus Christ. And you just can't take that away from somebody when that happens. It was a, it was a uh, very humbling, very emotional experience. I remember not even having leg muscles to be able to stand. It was uh, on my knees, prostate on the ground, and uh, and the most incredible feeling of love that I've ever experienced in my life. And so, you know, you can't. People have intellectual debates about whether Jesus is real. I don't have those debates. <laughs> I, you know, that's my life, and that has been the greatest thing in my life. Uh, growing up and then my adolescence and then my 20 college and early twenties and that kind of thing. But, um, uh, the music thing stuck with me really early on. Uh, my aunt gave me a snare drum one time, I think for Christmas. And, uh, I was so excited about it. It was gold sparkle and it just looked great. And and it was loud, man. My poor parents, but uh, I didn't have any symbols, so I found a bacon stretcher in my in my kitchen uh, paraphernalia that my mother had, and that was my symbol. And <laughs> I eventually uh, mowed lawns and cleaned the church for enough money to get a full set, and then then it got crazy because we we started playing at the clubs out in Fort Bragg, and uh, I forget what they call those clubs, but uh, anyway. I learned music, man. I just went out there and did it. And it was always my band. It was, I'd always put it together. I was the one that, uh, it cajoled the other musicians to come in and, and, uh, jam together. And eventually, boy, those first, first performances must've been awful. I mean, if we didn't have enough songs, we had to repeat them over and over again. And, but you don't know what you don't know. I mean, you, right. I, we know four or five songs. Let's go play it. <laughs> yeah. you know? So, uh, now I'll do a long drum solo just to fill in the time. <laughs> <laughs> that it is got a little more professional, works, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it got a little more professional as time went on. And, and uh, now I understand the, the severe importance of rehearsal, 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 and just doing it till you, you know, you can do it in your sleep. And uh, if you're in a group, you need to do that with that group and, and just learn each other's, uh, techniques, whatever they're playing, if it's an instrument or if they're singing or whatever, singing together and, and how important that is. But just a, a great youth, and that led to a career. And I, I traveled for like 35 years on the road professionally. So, uh, and I've got a rehearsal coming up tonight. We've got, <laughs> we've got more going on here. That's amazing. That is amazing. Let's go back to that experience in the, in the, at the church camp. How old were you then? 13, 13, 13. years old. Yeah, and one interesting thing about that, what led up to that was camp counselors that really we had truth sessions during the day, and it was the kind of thing where I had never encountered anything like it, but most of us put on faces uh, as not just youth, but adults as well, and facades, and we have our weaknesses that we never bring out, we never talk about, and we may not even notice them ourselves until somebody brings that out and it's sort of a group therapy, I guess. And, and, you know, it was popular back then in the sixties to, to be able to do that, but it was very good. I'm, it was so emotional. Everybody was, it broke people down and got rid of our facades. And I still remember this at 13 years old, you know, several years ago, but, uh, (laughs) but it, you know, and, and now all of a sudden you're dealing with a real person and you're able to deal with Jesus when you don't have the facades, if you, if you still have the facades and you're hiding behind those things, 
truth and reality, which is what Jesus is all about, and come and purity coming into your life, you don't deal with those things until that's broken down. So those counselors, Grant and Susan, I'll never forget their names. They were fantastic with us. They were loving, but they were also hard on us. If we were holding something back, they could tell it, and they drew that out of us. And uh, some of some of us were affected even more so than others because they didn't realize that they'd been hiding behind those masks and hiding behind fears and inadequacies, feelings of inadequacy and that kind of thing. So Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, uh, and so those are real important. Those, that, that's John 14, 6. That's a real important phrase to understand. If you don't have Jesus, uh, your conception of truth is probably going to be really skewed. And so I, it's real important, I think, in my life and far as my relating with other people, including you, Mark, is that we get real with each other. We don't hide stuff, and we, we search for truth. We seek for truth all the time, and we do that in the name of Jesus, the mighty name of Jesus. And, man, that's when, that's when life gets real. It gets joyful. Uh, we can, it gets abundant. And we can be thankful and appreciative just every moment instead of, you know, a lot of people dealing with so much negative and hurt and pain. And, and uh, you know, and it's because they can't deal with the truth sometimes. They don't know the love of Jesus. And so I, I just feel compelled in my business life, whatever I'm doing, to share that love with other people in a very real way. Yeah, that's beautiful that, that, you know, you were, you were brought to a place of vulnerability at a young age where you could be honest and truthful, which helped you make that connection. Um, and, and making that connection with another human being as well as, um, Jesus is a powerful connection. Oh, absolutely. It is powerful. He is powerful. And, you know, he's the, he's the author of our life. He created us. So why would we avoid him? To get in tune with him is what we want to do. We want to be in tune with our creator. He knows every hair on our head. He knows, he knows every eyelash we have or don't have. <laughs> I mean, he, he knew us before we were born, and he had a plan for us before we were born. And that plan is still playing out today. So the story continues. It's not, you know, it's not just about the past or, or uh, his plan for us being born and what we're going to look like and what we're going to do in life and who we're going to marry and all those things. It's still going on right now. And that's why there's hope for the future and excitement for the future that uh, great things still remain ahead of us. And uh, so I'm excited about that. At my age, a lot of people decide to retire, and they said, well, that's it, and look back on our past and, and uh, revel in that, I guess. I don't know, but, <laughs> man, to me, it's like every day's a new day, and let's attack this thing, and let's see what God is going to do during this day, and, wow, it's going to be fantastic if we'll trust him for that, if we believe and hope and trust that God has a great plan for us. It takes a lot of pressure off, doesn't it? Well, it does, and, and uh, it, it enables you to live this day. And I've been a as an entrepreneur. We a lot of times the mistake I've made is that I tend to project the future and live in the future so much that I'm not enjoying the here and now, right now. Mm -hmm. And so, man, I've learned to just lay back and go, "Oh man, what's going to happen this hour?" And you know, what new exciting surprise is going to happen? And so, uh, Kathy, for instance. Uh, 
Friday before last, she got the shock of her life. She got, uh, she'd been at a company for 10 years and they came to her desk and gave her her dismissal papers. They fired her right there. Wow. And, and here's a woman that is probably the best physical therapist you've ever seen in your life. And primarily because she cares, genuinely cares about people. And so for that to happen to her was, man, she, she was rock and rolled on that deal, man. She, she, uh, she was not expecting that. And so this is where faith plays in when some, you know, when a boulder comes into your life and just knocks you down. Uh, but it's interesting. The company she was with was not that great a company. In fact, in 10 years, she'd gotten a $1 raise in 10 years. Her uh, Christmas bonus last December was $5. Wow. Five big ones. I told her not to spend it all in one place, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but and 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 a lot of non-believers in that company, and just a lot of angst and turmoil, and just anxiety, just all kind of negativity. People not caring for one another, and talking, you know, gossiping, and just all kind of things like that. And after a while, after several days, she started getting more joyful, thinking, you know what, this is God kicking me out of that nest. And because if it was just me, I wouldn't do it. If it was just Kathy, she she liked the continuity of the income she was making, a pretty good income. Uh, but for her to just say, well, this is not exactly right. I'm going to up and leave and go find another job. She probably would not do that. So here she is flapping her wings out of the nest, trying to land gracefully and, and uh, figure out where she's going to go. But you know, when God closes one door, he opens another. And Absolutely. usually it's for the better. Absolutely. So, that's awesome. Um, that's a great story. That's a great anecdote. Um, Tell me about some of the challenges you faced in your life where faith has helped you. You just talked about one with Kathy for sure. How about yourself? Yeah, we, uh, I was in this office sitting right where I'm sitting right now. And, uh, we had employees all over the house. And so I, I running a multimillion dollar company right here out of the house. And that's just the way I wanted to do it. I didn't want to spend $5,000 for a facility. I thought, there's really no need in that. We got the internet. We got our phones. We can run this business. How so long my, ago was uh, this? Secretary of about seven or eight. This was 2005, end of okay. 2005, November, November, probably. She walks in and she says, uh, boy, somebody's writing some terrible things about you and your company uh, on the internet. And I just, my thought was, I was so busy. I, I was like, Okay, whatever. I mean, when you do good stuff and when you, you know, we're obviously a, a Christ centered company in a heathen marketplace, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, which is true. I mean, it really, really is. It's, it's a dark world out there. Yep. And I yep. said, anytime you do something good, somebody's going to come attack you. It's going to be negative. So I expect that no big deal. So thanks for alerting me. And I sort of dismissed her, Well, she walked in about a week later and she got right in my face. She, she said, I don't think you heard me last week. Uh, there is somebody, I mean, a lot of posts are coming up and they're coming up on our front page of Google right now. And they're terrible. And I'm getting a ton of complaints from people in the field about these posts. And I, so I went over and looked at it and I was blown away. I mean, I was in total shock and what I saw, uh, but what had happened was, and I didn't, it was an anonymous person. I didn't know who it was. And, uh, so later, about two years later, we finally found out who she was, the identity of the person, and we took her to court for slander and libel. 
and that didn't work. And uh, the lesson I learned from that was, is that we chose the wrong court venue. We chose a very mm. liberal uh, venue that was not friendly to business people. And I'm telling you, it's, that's a very real thing. If you're going to go to court, you better really know the venue that yeah, you're going under. Critical. It is critical. So that was a big lesson. I, it was a very expensive lesson. But long story short, uh, this this woman who we finally found out who she was posted over 80,000 posts, all negative against us. She went to our, our, my daughter's school to humiliate my daughters in front of uh, whoever she would hear her. She called our church so often that they, they blocked her number technically because it was so obnoxious. And she just did everything she possibly could set up websites against me. Never met her before. Hmm. It didn't know her. Never a customer, not an ex-girlfriend, nothing, no, no connection whatsoever. And so uh, that was a real challenge. It, it eventually bankrupted my business. In fact, December of 2009 is when I bankrupted. And, uh, man, it was a tough period because, we, we, first of all, our revenue started just downsliding just immediately. When any of those things hit the front of a Google, your front mm-hmm. page on Google for my name or the company name, uh, I mean, it's devastating because people have questions. A lot of people don't, they don't call you about it. They just quit. They just yeah. don't deal with you anymore. And so we watched our revenue slide from millions of dollars to nothings of dollars. And so here I was at the end of this thing, Merry Christmas, bankrupt December, 2009 and, uh, no income, $350,000 in, in not, that didn't include the mortgage or cars or anything. I was just business debt and I couldn't answer the phones cause it was always creditors. And it was just, it was a terrible time. Poor Kathy was working 50, 60, 70 hours a week just to keep us in our, you know, in our home. So, um, that was a, that was a tough, tough time. Um, uh, in my, you know, we, it was tough, but our faith kept my faith kept me buoyed during that whole time. And I knew that God had something in plan uh, or had a plan for us and why this was happening. I didn't at the time know, but nothing worked. And so uh, what happened was I spent about four years with no income and man for a, for a male (laughs) with head of family, that is not a fun place to be. And it's devastating uh, on your ego, you know, and your, psyche so yeah i I think back to that man it's it's a hard time but anyway the fears and doubts right and that inner voice telling you i'm you know what was the inner voice telling you well it was it was telling me what i was telling myself i was rationally trying to figure out what to do for income and uh, nothing was working i mean i I tried so many things and internet marketing insurance just a lot of different things and i just couldn't i could not rub two pennies together and uh, to make any money at all. And uh, funny story, uh, one of our mutual friends, you know, a guy named uh, Jay mm-hmm. had been calling me for about six years about an opportunity. And he called up one day and he said, Hey Tim, uh, happy anniversary. And I'm going, what is that about? Is this guy coming out of the closet or what are you talking <laughs> about? You know? <laughs> and he said, uh, no, he said, it's been six years since I've been calling you to come join me in the company I'm working right now. He said, by the way, in the last six years, I've made $4.5 million. (laughs) 
how much do I have to make before you'll take a serious look at this? And I don't know why I had not, other than the fact that God had not wanting me to look at that particular company up until that point, I'd looked at literally well over a hundred different opportunities and different mm-hmm. companies and things that I could do, but I'd never taken him serious for some, for whatever reason up until that point. And I'm, I'm sure it's a God thing because the timing has got to be right on anything to, for it to work. Right. And he said, I'll fly you out to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. If you'll come take a look. And I said, well, let me check my calendar. I had nothing on my calendar. I hadn't had had anything on my calendar for months and if not years. And uh, he, he paid for a ticket out there. And, you know, that was sort of impressive to me that somebody would buy a ticket the night before plane flight. Cause you know, that's going to cost a ton of money. And I went out there with my arms crossed and, and, uh, you know, just begrudgingly going out there. I really wasn't excited. I was sort of excited to ride in a plane. I hadn't been on a plane flight at that point for about four years. Uh, but other than that, I was like, Oh boy, I'm going to meet with some clowns out here and it's, it's just going to be a waste of time. Got out there and it was anything but a waste of time. It was exactly what I was looking for. I didn't even know what I was looking for, but you know it when you know it. And so we got started with that. Long story short, uh, we paid that $350,000 off. We paid off our house. We paid for two incredible weddings with both my daughters. I mean, just no, no expenses spared and great uh, celebration times. And, uh, Anyway, that was, that was what God was prepping for us. And, uh, you know, you can't write this script. It's only a God thing for a script like this to be written in the funny ways it works out, man. <laughs> it's, I told, uh, the uh, vice president of the company when I met with him in that meeting and that, that whole meeting was a crazy story. I, I was like <laughs> badgering the owner of the company with these hard business questions. And I, I look back on that. I go, what was I thinking, man? <laughs> and uh, uh billionaire, by the way, but uh, I told the uh, company vice president when I was out there, he was showing me how the compensation worked. And I said, you know, I don't know what to tell you guys. I've been trying to get something going for the last four years and things have miraculously not worked. And I didn't think about what I just said until years later. And I thought about that. I said, that's exactly perfect. That's Mm -hmm. exactly right. They miraculously didn't work out because they weren't supposed to work out the stupid things I was trying to do because God had a better plan and he always has a better plan. And so I've learned to trust even more out of those difficult times. And, uh, I don't I don't know how Kathy and I made it through husband and wife that period. It was very difficult. Us finances is the number one reason for divorce. And boy, did we have financial issues uh, during that time prior to this new opportunity that I was talking about. But uh, anyway, we went on and uh, four years later, I got a call from that same woman that I met with the wife of the founder. And she said, Hey, congratulations. You guys have just hit the million dollar mark in income. And I thought, man, <laughs> well, what a difference four years makes, you know? <laughs> and, uh, anyway, it's been, that's, that's one of my challenges. I've had them all the way. Entrepreneurs always have challenges. I mean, it's always a struggle and it's, you know, it's transient. You may make it to a pinnacle of one mountain, but get ready. There could be a valley come in the later time. And so I think about Philippians and I just was browsing through that a little bit before this call and, uh, 
there's some psychology in here that is outrageous, and it's Philippians 4, and Paul says, uh, let's see, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you've renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Now, here's what it is. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him. I can do everything through him who gives me strength, except read this. (laughs) Anyway, it's just, you know, circumstances are going to change in our lives, and they have in mind – over and over again, I've, I've been at the top of the music industry. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different, different story right there. But I mean, unbelievable musical career and sold well over a million albums with no record company, which means we kept the revenues. You sell a CD for $15. You kept the $15 minus the expenses of creating that CD. So, um, you know, there's been ups and downs and there's been uh, valleys in between, <laughs> <laughs> But, hey, we just have a great time, and, and uh, it's just God has given us so much to be thankful for regardless of circumstances. So that word content is a real important word. It's a psychological perspective, a spiritual perspective as well, uh, because we know that we've been taken care of from before birth through infancy, uh, through crazy uh, teenage years. I ought to be dead. I shouldn't even be alive right now. From my teenage and early 20 years, I was crazy wild, you know, and had no sense about me whatsoever. <laughs> well, some, but not at times there was no sense. But uh, anyway, it learned how to be content. And then uh, I never even, I, I mean, it didn't even occur to me that I'd even, I hadn't even thought, I was so wild in my 20s, I didn't even think about getting married. That, that yeah. didn't even come up. And then, but one, day I had gotten off the road and I told dad, I said, I'm just so sick of this. I was on the road in, in uh, West Texas playing little dumpy dives and bars and things. I hated the lifestyle. It's really unfulfilling and just really some of the most unsavory characters in the world frequent those places. And so that was my milieu for a long time. And I told dad, I said, man, I am, he called one time. He said, I said, I'm just tired of this lifestyle right here. He said, well, why don't you come be my associate minister? And I went, man, I just played at a topless bar and you want me to be a, your associate minister. Okay. I'll do it. And How much uh, does it pay? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I didn't care. I just did. I wanted to get out of that lifestyle, but uh, we went on and I, I was going to swear off music at that point. And about two weeks into it, I met the guy's, to three guys and they said man come over and sing with us we heard that you're a singer i said well, i've quit music i'm not singing anymore and they the a next one would call me then the other one would call me and finally I ended up one of the guys house houses and it was a quartet and i never i never thought about quartet music or anything like that but they gave me a part to sing and the sound was outrageous it was so good the blend was incredible and that group went on to win uh, the Marlboro contest out of 7,000 different bands. We won that thing. Wow. Then, then we won the uh, Wrangler had a big contest, like 8,000 bands. We won that one. Then uh, True Value, the hardware store, they did one. We won that one for the state of Texas. 
And so uh, it was a really good group. We went on to a phenomenal career in music and I miss it. And I'm sort of back in that mode right now. I'm writing a, uh, a rock opera based on the book of Daniel. And that's, that's a rocker, man. That is rock and roll. It's <laughs> back in, back in my seventies element here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now I appreciate your talent sharing the progress with me as this has gone along. And, and I guess that really is a good segue, you know, about today, like how do you share your faith? What's the, the, the avenues you use to, to bring that forth to people? Well, that's a great question. And, and one thing I've learned about, uh, about doing that, about sharing your faith is I'm not a blatant in your face, Jesus freak or anything like that. But what I am, I think I do pretty well is I'm a good relationship guy with, with virtually anybody. And I, I don't go into any relationship judgmental, but I choose to go in lots of different relationships with people I don't know. And I'll be friendly to somebody standing in line at a restaurant or a grocery store or uh, where I work out or, you know, somebody new at church or whatever, but it's so important that they know that I care about them. And when you're doing that, you're sharing the love of Christ right there and just a real person to person, good people person way uh, to let them know that they're valued. And when somebody knows they're valued, they'll listen to whatever you have to say, but uh, it usually comes up naturally. And uh, a lot of times I'll ask somebody, you know, if it hadn't come up yet, I'll ask them, I said, uh, can I, would you mind if I prayed for you? And there is never anybody that says no to that. <laughs> they all, and it could be somebody hadn't been in church ever. And they'll say yes to that. Mm-hmm. And, and so it opens up the, it opens up that, that uh, thoroughfare right there to uh, do that. We were at lunch at Payway today. And one of my, I was there, I knew almost everybody in the restaurant because I eat there all the time. And there was a gal I worked with. She's a a bodybuilding champion. And here's a guy that's a physical therapist sitting next to me. And I've struck up conversations with him and got to know him. And then another guy from church came in and he started talking to the waitress. And he said, he said, do you ever read the Bible? And that was his opening right there. And she Mm -hmm. said, no, but I know I need to. And he said, well, you need to go to the book of Romans. And I wouldn't say Romans. I'd probably say Matthew or James, but uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Get started somewhere. He said, if you'll read the book of Romans for the next 30 days, at the end of that, if you'll read a chapter a day, I'll give you $50. Mm. And he looked over at me. I'm st- I'm way over in like four tables over. He said, hey, Tim, 20 bucks. If she reads through the book of Romans, I said, yeah, 20 bucks. <laughs> So you can't make this stuff up, man. Yep. I love it. <laughs> that was not planned. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. That's amazing. Now it's, uh, it's so cool to see you on stage singing and worship and, uh, sitting with you in church and, you know, getting to know you on a deeper level. And it's been, you know, just a, a great experience for me. And you've, you've helped us, you know, uh, in our, uh, you know, transition into uh, into living here in Texas. And we really, really appreciate that. So let, let's ask one more question and then we'll wrap this thing up because I know you're busy and I really, really appreciate your time. You know, this experience, your, your faith, um, you know, how you're living your life uh, in the past and today, what are your plans for the future? Where, where is this path taking you, do you think? Well, it's interesting. I, you know, I'm a, 
entrepreneur by heart, not by choice. I mean, it, I could never do anything else. And, uh, when time, times got tough, uh, in the past, I thought about having a job, but I'd never had a job. So, you know, that's scary to me as somebody saying, I'm going to start a business. Me going back to a job would be that scary. And I, I tell people all the time, I'm psychologically unemployable. It's just ain't going to happen. There's, no, <laughs> I, I cannot see it. I mean, it might, but I, I could never do that. I, I, that little stint at the church working for my dad was very short lived <laughs> and uh, <laughs> funny story in and of itself. But uh, uh, I plan on doing other business. I'm, I'm real involved in the stock market now and have learned that options trading particularly and uh, just love it. Anything that's new that I don't understand, I am very intrigued by and I want to understand it. I want, I want to get in there and dig deep and find out how the experts view this and what they've got to say. And uh, give me your tips. Give me everything you got, man. I'm listening. I'm a sponge. I want to know what that is. Uh, I'm also buying businesses at the point at, in the process of buying businesses and getting feelers out there and with the idea of going into the business and cleaning house and shape, uh, shaping it up and then scaling it up and then reselling it, uh, and so that can be done without a whole lot of work. It's not a nine to five office job. It's a, it's a strategic thing that you put together and I've done enough business to, to hopefully know how to do that fairly well and, and uh, attract talent and put people, competent people in the places that they need to be. And then in turn, sell that business at a, a profit, you know? So I always tell people as an entrepreneur, a lot of people don't want to talk about money. I love talking about money and they hate the word profit for some reason. I go, profit is not a dirty word. I'm just telling you, get that mm-hmm. out of your mind. It's a great word. It's how this, this whole engine of capitalism works and capitalism's not a dirty word either. It's uh, it's uh, a lot of people are greedy and that's a good thing. If I can give you what you want, and I can get what I need and, and want, then we're both happy and we're both better off. So that's what capitalism is all about. And uh, anyway, I could go on about that for a long time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So uh, where can our listeners find you? Uh, do you have a website, uh, social media? Why don't you share that with us? Yeah. Uh, one of my sites is darnellfinancial.com. Darnellfinancial.com. It shows what some of my latest uh, business pursuits are. And, uh, then, uh, also hit me up on Facebook, Tim Darnell, Tim Darnell. And you should be able to find me, Alan, Texas, and love to connect with you on Facebook. I think I've got three or 400 spots left before I hit that magical 5,000. We'll figure out something from there. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Tim, I can't thank you enough for being on the on the podcast with me. I really appreciate it. I know we'll get back together and talk more about some of the things that you're doing in the future. And I look forward to that update in the future. So until next time, uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks again for joining me on Aging is Optional Radio. I hope you found some value in this episode. That's really my goal. You can find the podcast on iTunes, and I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and give it a rating, and I love receiving comments. You can also find us on Google Play Store, on TuneIn Radio, on Stitcher, the podcast app, Pocket Casts, CastBox, and Pippa. And I'll be adding more channels in the future, including YouTube. I'm also excited to announce that you'll be able to find us on Subscribestar, where you can support the podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to share the podcast with your friends and on social media. You can also reach me directly at mark at 
agingisoptionalradio.com. If you have any questions or want to suggest any topics, or if you want to interview me or be interviewed. Until next time, thanks everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you can find us. Give us a rating. We'd love to read your feedback. Would you like to receive the ultimate anti-aging checklist and five-minute guide to anti-aging for free? If so, go register at agingisoptionalradio.com. Until next time, thanks everybody. 